Good evening, Darby Creek Church. How are you guys doing this Christmas? Good? All right. It's great to see everybody. Uh, I love to see the smiles and just uh, great to be in communion with everybody tonight. Um, As we start, I'm going to uh, read from Luke chapter 2. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the Lord was, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And so as we have joined together to celebrate the birth of Christ this, this evening, um, the first song that we're going to sing is just celebrating his first coming, but also is reminding us of his eventual return. So if you will, Please stand and join me as we sing together. All right.
by eyes heaven adored Christ the everlasting Lord in time behold him come offspring of the virgin womb while he lays his glory by born that man no more may die born to raise the sons of earth born to give them second birth heart the herald angels sing glory to Your glory reign, shining like the day, King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name, King of heaven, come. Your glory reign, shining like the day of heaven. Amen. Yes, let's give him praise. All right, will you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I just um, thank you for this great evening that we're able to join together and just to praise your great name and to celebrate the birth of Christ together as one family, as one church. I just thank you for that great opportunity. I just pray for everyone who wasn't able to make it here in person tonight, that you would just bring them healing and comfort for wherever they are, and just pray that you would make your presence known to them as they're worshiping online or just in their homes. God, I just um, thank you for that opportunity. And I just um, pray that you'd work through us as we're worshiping and that you'd show your heart to us, God, and your spirit would be present. I just pray that you would work through us as we're leading worship and just um, pray through, that you would lead through Greg as he's preparing the message and providing that this evening. And in your son's name, amen. All right. the night 
of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and ever pine till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder banks, a new and glorious morn.
Thank you so much. You, be, you may be seated. Pastor Greg. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You didn't bring some snow. I gave distinct instructions to have a little dusting, but it just, nobody listens to me. But it's not raining tonight, thank God. I was glad for that. But hey, I'm so glad you guys are with us. We're here to worship the King of Kings. All right, we're here to remember what this is all about, uh, and I'm just so glad you're with us, whether you're joining us online or whether you're here in person, uh, just please feel my heartfelt welcome from Darby Creek to you guys. Um, and I just wanted to start off, too, to say a couple things logistically. If you came in and you didn't get a candle, uh, make sure you grab one of those, because the last song we'll sing tonight is Silent Night by Candlelight, and we'll pass the light down the row, and we haven't lost the building yet. Okay, so we're not about ready to start tonight. But uh, <laughs> we've come close. <laughs> Not on Christmas Eve, though. <laughs> yeah, never mind. That's a whole other story. <laughs> We're a church on fire, saying that. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyway, um, grab a candle if you haven't got one of those. And then secondly, uh, on your way out, um, go out this door here. And as you cruise through the Fellowship Hall, grab, uh, the, we have prepackaged cookies in there. Grab a water bottle, grab some coffee if you want to, uh, if you're going to stay up a little later or whatever. Do we have decaf? Oh, decaf. See? No excuses. Grab some coffee, water, and on your way out. We just, just a gift to you. Have some refreshments. Feel free to hang out in there as well. Uh, but, but again, welcome. And I just want to say also, if you don't have a church that you call home, uh, we'd love to have you here. We'd love to have you at Darby Creek. Uh, we meet here on Sunday mornings, 1030. Uh, we'd love to be part of our church family. We love you to come to know Jesus uh, as we have come to know him. So uh, would you pray with me before we get into the message here? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much just for this wonderful opportunity that we have to remember what Christmas is about. And um, I'm sure like most of the folks here, we all need reminders of various things and remembering that we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, his first coming, and as we also look to his second coming and for his return. And so, Lord, I just pray that you be glorified through this message here this evening and that you would be glorified through the interactions that we have with one another. We'd be here also to encourage one another. This could be a difficult time of year for many people. Um, maybe they don't have people with them that they have had the previous year uh, who have gone on to be with the Lord um, and so are maybe missing them. And so, Lord, we just pray... Uh, just for, uh, help us to be encouragers of one another. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
You want to go ahead and bring the house lights up for me, please? Thank you. All right, well, so I'm glad you guys could come and celebrate with us on the eve of Jesus' coming to the earth. This is when we do this. This is what this is about. I love getting gifts and giving gifts. Uh, and certainly that's uh, a tradition that goes on, right? And we, I do it, hopefully you do it, to remember the ultimate gift that was given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, but, but welcome. Uh, it's interesting, uh, in our, let me get, find my way over to our slides here. Uh, just real br- briefly tonight, uh, just got a couple things I want to share with you about Jesus being the light in the darkness. And I don't know if you've seen, you guys online can't see this, but over there, uh, there's a display that has this star, the star shining down in the darkness, right? And that's really the theme tonight is Jesus uh, is the light of the world shining in the darkness. If you've read some of your Bible, you, you may have heard some of the following phrases to describe the person of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the Lamb of God. The door. Have you heard that one? Jesus is the door. The bread of life, uh, the way, the truth, and the life, the good shepherd, the vine, and there's other descriptors that are used, and each one of them gives us uh, insight into who Jesus is and a facet of his ministry to us. Uh, And tonight, we want to look at this aspect of Jesus being light in the darkness. And so, this verse, a couple verses we're going to look at in John And by the way, John, uh, the disciple John, was very close to Jesus, very close to him. And listen to what he has to say in John chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. It says, in him was life. Now this is talking about Jesus. When it says him, it's talking about Jesus. "In, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so... Just from those couple of verses, we see Jesus being described as someone who has overcome the darkness. The darkness in the world, the darkness in our hearts. I know that's kind of hard to say, but it's true. Uh, And so, but John gives us insight into the person of Jesus. And we want to remember that Jesus, who is God coming in the flesh, he came for us. This is why he came. It wasn't so that we could just do this. It was, we had a need, and he came to meet it. So Christmas, the day we celebrate Jesus' birth and his first coming, is a day in which the light of the world invaded the darkness, as John says in his gospel. Now, what does it mean for us that Jesus is a light shining in the darkness? And there's two things we're just going to hit on. What does it mean for Jesus to be a light shining in the darkness. Well, the first is that Jesus came to open the eyes of the spiritually blind. Okay? Jesus came to open the eyes of the spiritually blind. Take a look here at a verse in Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is a prophet of God in the Old Testament, and he's speaking forward. He's speaking for God. That's what a prophet did. He, a prophet would speak for God. And in the two verses I'm going to read uh, for you, the word that he gives is like, it's like God speaking, and God is speaking about the Messiah, Jesus, okay? Here's what it says. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. 
I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you, meaning Jesus, I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind and to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. Do you see that theme there of the darkness and light and how even through the prophet Isaiah, God is speaking and saying, this Jesus that has come, has come to set us free. He's come to deliver us from a darkness. Okay? And and so, Jesus came to open the eyes of the spiritually blind. It says it in those verses, but what do I mean by spiritual blindness? I mean, that's kind of maybe a strange thing to think about for you. Well, think about physical blindness, right? Loss of sight. You're walking around in the world that is dark to you, I mean, you can get, you have other senses, obviously, and for many people, they, they really um, accentuate those other senses because they, because they have a loss of sight, but it's darkness, right? So just close your eyes for a second. I promise I won't trick you, okay? Close your eyes, and it's just, you know, if we didn't have these lights on, it'd just be dark, right? And so when we say someone is spiritually blind, we're saying they can't really see who Jesus really is. Go ahead and open your eyes. They can't really see him for who he is. They're not discerning the truth of God. And so Jesus is saying, I've come to open blind eyes. That's what he's done. That's what he's come to do, right? So without coming into a relationship with Jesus, we are spiritually blind. I don't know if you've heard that before. You know, we we talk here at Darby Creek and other churches do about having a relationship with God. Um. And that's exactly what it is. is you, you come into a relationship through, with God through Jesus Christ. That's how you're like introduced to God. That's how you come into a friendship with God. We, we aren't born into this world with a friendship with God. Okay? Uh, but, but Jesus came so that he might bring us to God and be in a relationship within, with him. But uh, when we come into a relationship with Jesus... It's like these spiritual blinders come off. And we see Jesus for who He is. We see God for who He is. And, and in a sense, you're kind of spiritually healed because we are born into this world without spiritual sight. Okay? But Jesus came to heal that. All right? Because it's our sin. All right? I know that's a three-letter word a lot of people don't like to hear about, but it's a reality. Okay, it's a reality. Our sin, it's, sin is missing the mark. It's, it's kind of like God has this ideal for us and we miss it. Uh, if you've ever, um, you know, shot an arrow at a target and it went astray, you missed the mark. That's what sin is. It's missing the mark, right? And so we've all sinned and that sin has caused a, a rift, a serious one between us and God. Jesus came to make a bridge between us and God. That's why he came. Okay? So that we could uh, be healed of our, our spiritual blindness. You know, in, in Jesus' earthly ministry, he healed a lot of people. Physically healed them. He healed some people of their blindness, in fact. Um, but he was always about telling people that, you know, there's a spiritual blindness that's a bigger problem even than our physical problems. Because without that spiritual blindness being taken care of and healed, 
that we recognize Christ for who he is as Lord and Savior, come to save us from our sins, unless we recognize that, that, that illness, if you will, that sin problem separates us from God for all eternity. Um, and so it's much worse than a physical problem. So Jesus wanted people to know that he came that they might see their need for forgiveness, right? And that they might see that he came to provide the path to forgiveness. That's why Jesus came. This, this child that we kind of remember in the manger, right, which is good. I mean, he came down and took the form of a man. Okay, let that one sit on you for a second. The creator stepped down and was born. Woo! I mean, that's just, you know, I don't, how does that happen? I don't know, but it did. And I'm, I'm thankful to God that it did. So recently we read over a passage of Scripture in Matthew here at, the, at our church that says Jesus came to save us from our sins. That's, that's when, when um, Joseph and Mary uh, found out from the angel uh, that she was going to have a child and they said, his name will be Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus came, okay? Jesus certainly lived a great life, a perfect example, but that's not the reason he came. He, Jesus, you know, Jesus not, not come just to be a good example. He came to save us, okay? He came to save us. You know, in these verses that I read here uh, in Isaiah 42, there's images of prison there. Right? And this darkness. And, you know, just imagine being in prison and being let out and experiencing freedom. Right? This is what Jesus has done for us spiritually. He's made it available that we would be set free from our sin, the penalty of our sin. He came to free the captives from the prison of sin and other consequences of our, of our, our sinful nature. Many of us have felt the captivity of our guilt, trying to maybe uh, find different ways to um, cope with our guilt and wash it away, but nothing works except Jesus. He breaks our chains and he sets us free when we put our trust in him. And Jesus came to save us from our sins and the penalty of sin. Our Savior releases from the dungeon those who sit in darkness if only they see his light, okay? If only they see his light. It is our prayer and hope this Christmas Eve that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that you would pursue knowing more about him and that you trust Jesus with your life and ask him to forgive you, um, which is the only, he's the only one that can really do that. He's the only one that can really make you right with God. It's in believing in him and why he came, that you will find true life and experience the freedom that he offers. So Jesus came that we might be delivered from the darkness. And if we believe in the light of the truth of who Jesus is, we go from spiritual blindness to seeing life in light of how God meant it to be. I mean, God, God made life to be a certain way, right? I mean, you think back to the Garden of Eden. Um, man and woman were in perfect harmony with God perfect relationship with him. But when they sinned and they were cast out of the garden, that separation occurred. They didn't have that intimacy. But Jesus came so that we could. 
that our sin could be taken care of, we have a right relationship with God, and we could experience life with God the way it was meant to be. And by the way, what you see here now in this world is but a shadow of what is to come, right? Christ is going to come back. All this is going to be made new, all right? And for those who know him, they'll experience that. I'm not pretending that there aren't difficult things in this world. There's hard things that we go through, trials, um, illnesses that kill, right? All these are the result of the fall, okay? Now, there's a second reason that Jesus is described as the light shining in the darkness. The first one is that he might um, help people who are spiritually blind to see who Jesus is. And receive him as Savior. Right? But the second one is that Jesus, he continues to faithfully shine the light of his word into our lives after we come to know him. Okay? So, in other words, for those who have put their faith in him, he continues to be faithful to shed his light into our lives through his word. Now, once again, uh, Jesus' close friend and follower, John, says this. He says in John 8, 12, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What we have here is just a little glimpse of that when you put your faith in Jesus and you put your life in his hands, you receive his forgiveness. You know what? He gives you a whole new perspective, but he also gives you a path to walk on. All right, Jesus bids us to follow him and to follow his ways, right? And Jesus there says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You're going to, you're to walk in the light. You're to walk in his path to, to learn. You know, Jesus, um, before he left this earth, gave what is called the Great Commission. And in that, it says, Jesus said to his disciples that they would make disciples of all the nations, right? Teaching them, it says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. He talks about baptizing, right, while they're going and everything. But then he says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So once you put your faith in Christ, then it's about learning what his desire is for your life. All right? And that's what it is to walk in the light with him. Walk in the light with him, right? And he shows this thing as you open up, you know, you don't have to worry, you don't have to wonder about what God has said. He said it right here in a book, okay? You want to know what his will is for your marriage? You want to know what his will is for your relationships, your money, your, all this stuff? It's right here. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are not explicitly talked about in here, but there's so much in here that is. And so Jesus is telling us to walk in the light with him, Okay? Now, it's God's desire that we not only come into a relationship with Him, like we talked about through Jesus, but He wants us to walk with Him in the light, to live lives that are pleasing to Him, and lives that point people to Him, okay? And most of us typically would choose light over darkness, unless you're trying to sleep, okay? You would choose light over darkness, right? Um, but even after we come into a relationship with Jesus, 
we can sometimes drift back into old paths that lead to darkness. But Jesus, through his faithful pursuit of his sheep, he shines the light of his truth and exposes those areas. That's what light does. It brings hidden things out into the open, into the light, right? And I'm so thankful that Jesus has done that for me. Personally speaking, over the years at various times, I've allowed things to creep into my heart and into my life that pull me for the path of light on which Jesus wants me to walk. And if you know Jesus as your Savior and you put your faith in Him, He does not shun you or push you away if you fall into sin. He shows you the truth with the light of His Word. And as you repent and turn away from sin, He's right there waiting for you. Did you get that? Some people think that if they, they've walked off the path or they've, they've, they've fallen into sin and uh, they're not walking with the Lord, they can't return. Or they feel like the Father, God the Father is not there waiting to, um, you know, that, that He's just judging them or whatever. But if someone really knows Christ, has put their faith in Him, yes, it's possible to wander. It happens. And so if we, but if we, when He shows us, when He... When he turns that light using his Holy Spirit as we're reading his word and he shows us something that is not in alignment, he's faithful. He's saying, come on back. Come on back. So he begs us tonight to possibly some of us to return to him. He's he's right there waiting because he never left. Once you truly come into that relationship with Jesus, he promises to never leave you. Okay? To never leave you. And so I just want to tell you that if you've drifted from following Jesus this year, would you take the opportunity tonight to allow the light of the world, Jesus, to show you the way back? So there's really just two things here. One is, it's maybe Jesus tonight for the first time having those blinders fall off and you recognize He is the Savior Would you invite him in? And then the other is, maybe you've already done that, but you've kind of wandered off the path of light and he's calling you back. All right, let's pray. Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight thankful that we have a gracious and merciful God who loves us, who's demonstrated that love by sending his son as we celebrate his first coming here on Christmas but who came to live as a man, to live a perfect life, and then to die on a cross. As we celebrate Easter, we celebrate his resurrection, his victory over death and sin, leading the way for all those who put their faith in him, who will one day then be resurrected with him, and also experience freedom from sin and addiction and all kinds of things that hold us back from really experiencing the abundant life that Jesus offers. So Father, thank you for this reminder tonight. Thank you that that light is shining in the darkness and his name is Jesus and he came for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There we go.
the depths of silent night Emmanuel come hear our cry A grief is strong a burden's great The night is long and hope is faint You came to set the captives free A morning star of joy and peace Why does this darkness feel so deep? Why can't a weary spirit see?
So our ushers are going to be uh, lighting some of your candles, and if you could just pass that on to your neighbor. And so while we're doing that, I'm going to read um, from Luke 2, 15 through 20. It's a continuing account of what we were reading earlier. It says this, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So we're going to sing together Silent Night.
Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, your candles now. Listen, I just want to thank you once again for joining us for the Christmas Eve service here. And also just a reminder, if you want to head out that door and grab a pack of cookies and uh, water or coffee, whatever, or hang out, feel free. There are some pans around here and also I think in the hallway, uh, some tin pans you can put these candles in, okay? All right, God bless you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.